0: Good evening. If you had your Bibles, do turn to James chapter 1. Same chapter George was in this morning. And he had asked me to continue in this study this week. And so, we are kind of stepping on each other's Scripture a little bit, but he went first, so if I step on his Scripture... Wait, he stepped... I don't know. We're doing similar things. However, I will... Emphasize a couple things a little differently than he did, I believe. Joy, Trials, and a Crown. That's what I've entitled this lesson. Uh, There's an illustration that I've heard, I read many years ago, and I think I've used it in a sermon here before, but just bear with me. It's about a parakeet. Chippy the parakeet. You've maybe read this story or heard some other uh, preacher talk about it, but This lady had this parakeet. This isn't the one, it's just a picture of a parakeet. And it was in a cage, and she decided to clean the cage out, so she had the vacuum. She took the little thing off and had the hose. She's in there vacuuming, and her phone rang. And she went to reach the phone and this (laughs) took place. And and she's trying to answer it. She goes, Ah, you know, she, she hangs up the phone, she turns off the vacuum. And the parakeet went in the hose. And so she opens up the vacuum and grabs the bird, and it's still alive, and it's just all dusty and dirty. And stuff. Oh, no. So she takes it to the kitchen sink. She turns on the water, and she washes off that bird and gets it all wet. And then it's all sitting there shivering. So she did what every human being would do. You go get the hair dryer. So she got the hair dryer, and she got that blowing that feathers all around and dried off that parakeet. And the parakeet looked about like I look, in shock. Anyway, this made this news somewhere, and a lady asked the owner later, a couple weeks later, said, well, how's Chippy doing? Well, Chippy just kind of sits there now. He doesn't sing. He's not happy. Sometimes that happens to us, right? That's the the illustration of a bird that went through a rough time in his life. How many of us have had rough times in our life? Maybe you're going through them now. You know, and all of us have, if you're honest, if you're alive and you're over one year old or six months, you've had a rough time. And you're going to continue having trials in this life. And sometimes we feel like that bird and we are just all messed up from what's going on in our lives because it affects us mentally. It affects. How we think, how we act. In James chapter one, I'm given chapter or verse two right away, where James says, Consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance, and let endurance have its perfect result, so that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. So, trials and joy, how in the world does that go together? Right? He talks about various trials, but he says, consider this. You need to think on this. Have a conscious decision. Have a conscious decision that I am going to have joy even when I encounter trials. I don't know about you, but. On a daily basis, I do not wake up and think, if I have a trial today, I'm going to be joyful about it. As a matter of fact, I can't wait till something bad happens so I can prove my joy, right? Woohoo! How many of you have just sang a song of joy when your car breaks down out in the middle of nowhere? It's awesome! It's happened to me! Not the singing part, but the, the other part. How many of you when you uh broke a bone in your body were exuberant and you just couldn't wait to praise God for this trial you are now going through? And so we we think about that those words together and 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 physically or humanly speaking it just doesn't seem to fit. Consider it not just joy but all joy, James says. In other words, it could be Total joy. Consider it pure joy when you encounter various trials. Think about that. That's what he says. Consider. Consider your trials and have pure joy in it. Wow. That's not normal thinking. I think I need a little bit of help with that, don't you? You know, the Bible talks about the Spirit giving us Gifts, the fruit of the Spirit. What's the, one of them? Joy in Galatians. If, a, if it's a Spirit gift to us, that means it doesn't come from the physical blessings necessarily. You know, you have a television that gives you some comfort. You have a nice car that gives you comfort. You have nice food or tasty food that gives you comfort and joy. You have a dog that licks you and gives you great joy. The Holy Spirit gives you a different kind of joy. It's within our hearts because of who God is and how He loves us and He works in our lives. And, our, and through our trials, God is working in us. And I'm here to tell you, I can easily, more easily preach about this than do this. All joy, pure joy, total joy, He's not saying, you know, let's let's fake it till it happens. Consider it total joy, my brothers, when you encounter various trials. Woohoo. I think I started telling you about an accident I had a while back, and, and it's not about comparing accidents, but I fell on my shoulder in a bowling alley. It's very embarrassing, and it really affects your manhood and your man card when kids over here are laughing at you when you fell down and you popped your shoulder out a joint and you tore ligaments. I'm in excruciating pain. I really didn't care they were laughing, but I heard them laughing. It's always funny when it happens to somebody else. But when it's you, there is no joy. I had no laughter. I had no, whoo, praise God. You know, joy. I got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Whoo! I didn't have that. So, how do we do this? We have various trials he talks about. When you encounter various trials, there's many types of trials, and all of us can relate to different things. You could just keep putting dot, dot, dot on the bottom of that last phrase. What kind of trials are you going through? Is it health? Is it family? Is your, are your kids giving you problems? Are your parents giving you problems? Is your work giving you problems? Is the wind giving you problems? Blow your fence down? I mean, we could just go on and on about the trials of life. And usually we're not happy about those kind of things. And like George mentioned today, it's not like we should just have to be smiling every time something bad happens. But it's an inner attitude of joy that gets us through when those things happen. I want to ask you a question. If you don't know God, are those things going to go easier or worse? As a Christian, and and James is saying, consider this, brothers. As we read through this text, when we love God, verse 12, we can persevere through these things, and God's going to bless us, and God's going to help us. It's human nature, by the way, to try to avoid trials. I don't go out of my way to find a trial. I don't imagine you do either. So Peter tells us in chapter four, verse twelve and thirteen, Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal among you which comes upon you for your testing, as though some strange thing were happening to you. But and I I've, Left out a couple of phrases there. But keep on rejoicing so that also at the revelation of His glory you may rejoice with exultation. So Peter has another Scripture or text that talks about suffering and and Christianity. Some of us being persecuted for being a Christian. But don't be surprised when trials happen. Are any of you surprised anymore? Right? I mean, it's part of life. And yet, Paul or Paul, James says we need to have joy even in those trials. In our Bible class on Sunday morning, we're talking about salt and light and our influence in the world. And as Christians, we're supposed to be different. How much different would it be, or is it, when we have trials and yet people can see how our attitude is different, how we rejoice in God in spite of those trials? And even through those trials, it is a challenge. So, athletes go through a lot of trials to get a prize. If you're in a track competition, you don't just one day decide, you know, I think I'm going to be a professional track athlete. I think I'm just going to join up and go out there and win me a, a medal and, or win me some money. What do you have to do to be a professional athlete? You've got to train, you've got to work your body, you've got to work those muscles, you have to, you know, kind of break them down and let them build back up and heal so they get stronger. That's a trial on your body, and it takes effort, it takes time to build that up. How a person handles his troubles reveals to yourself and to others. If your faith is real or fake. If your real if your faith is strong or weak. I don't know about you, but a lot of times in my trials, I'm not a very good example of a person with joy in the midst of those things. Now, I want you to consider uh, Paul for a, se- a second. Let's turn to Philippians 4. Now, when Paul wrote Philippians... I think he was in jail, wasn't he? If you were in jail, would you be saying things like, Rejoice in the Lord always! Again, I say rejoice! Chapter 4, verse 4. Let your gentle spirit be known to all men. The Lord is near. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God which surpasses all comprehension will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I think that's a part of what James is talking about as well. When we have God near to us in our hearts and our minds, we are less anxious about our trials and our troubles. And other people can see that. Paul was amazing. When he was in prison, he even sang hymns. What a glorious life he lived even though he had many many trials. If you want to go to Hebrews, look at Hebrews for a minute with me. Hebrews is right before James and just a couple pages over. We often read this scripture in James or Hebrews chapter 12, therefore, verse 1. Therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us also lay aside every encumbrance and the sin which so easily entangles us let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith. Now notice this, who for the joy set before Him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Flip back over to Hebrews chapter 5, please. Hebrews chapter 5. In verse 7, In the days of His flesh, He offered up both prayers and supplications with loud crying and tears to the one able to save Him from death. And He was heard because of His piety. Although He was a son, He learned obedience from the things which He suffered. And having been made perfect, He became to all those who obey Him the source of eternal salvation. So when Jesus was praying and he was had loud crying and tears, was he rejoicing? Was he going through great trials? Let's see. Nod your head so I know you're still here. Okay. There's a couple that are still awake. Awesome. So Jesus, when he went through trials, he wasn't always just joyful and full of woohoo. hoo But in his heart, he had joy because he could look forward to what was going to happen. And he knew that his purpose was for our joy as well, as as George mentioned this morning as well. The joy is not just of the moment, but it's of the future. And because he knows the Father, he's able to get through these things, even when he's crying, even when he's praying. And that's how we are. That's how we need to be in our trials. If we pray to God and we study the Word and we sing songs of praise, it helps us have joy in our hearts even through our toughest times. Oh, back over in Hebrews chapter 11, right before we read that Scripture about Jesus. If you think you're having some tough times, think about these people. I'm just going to read it quickly. Uh, in chapter 11, let's see, uh, let's start with uh, verse 34, no, 32. What more shall I say? For time will fail me if I tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, and David, and Samuel, and the prophets, who by faith conquered kingdoms, performed acts of righteousness, obtained promises, shut the mouths of lions. That all sounds victorious and awesome. Now let's get on to the other stuff quenched the power of fire, escaped the edge of the sword. From weakness they were made strong, became mighty in war, put put foreign armies to flight. That's all powerful stuff. Now look at the next. Women received back their dead by resurrection. Others were tortured. Okay, now we're talking. Not accepting their release so that they might obtain a better resurrection. Others experienced mockings and scourgings. Yes, also chains and imprisonment. They were stoned. They were sawn in two, they were tempted, they were put to death with a sword, and they went about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, ill-treated, men of whom the world was not worthy, wandering in deserts and mountains and caves and holes in the ground. And all these, having gained approval through their faith, did not receive what was promised because God had provided something better for us so that apart from us, they would not be made perfect. Back to James. So consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. It gives us endurance. Each trial is a building block of our character and our faith in in God's care. I just put a note of Nehemiah. I'm not going to spend a lot of time going back to Nehemiah, but if you remember the story of Nehemiah, he, he helps build the walls of Jerusalem and there's a great concern. There's, there's trials going on for the people of Israel and they, are, they have to pray to God and they work and they pray to God and they work and there's opposition and they pray to God and they work and they pray to God and they work. They keep believing in God and they build the walls. That's what we have to do. We have to keep praying and working. And I would add rejoicing. Rejoicing. That you be perfect or fully developed and complete or whole. That's what God wants us to do. I was thinking about uh, endurance, the things building up, how you keep having issues, And it builds our character. How many of you have a callus on your thumb or hand or anybody here have a callus? The women do. (laughs) That's from spanking the kids, huh? No, or uh, shoving your husband to do something. Okay, but all of us know what a callus is. That comes from constant or often friction, right? Rub it against something that's hard or different. And the, the rough stuff on your skin becomes callous. That is layer after layer of trials. A lot of us are calloused people. I don't mean that in a bad way, but our trials build us so we can take it. We can take another splinter. We can take another situation. God will help us through that. God helps us with our endurance. The perfect result is that we become complete and lacking in nothing. Okay, so 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 10 says, After you have suffered for a little while, the God of all grace who called to you His eternal glory in Christ will Himself perfect, confirm, and strengthen, and establish you. There's another scripture of how God is helping to build us and perfect, perfect us and establish us. People that fit in the Scripture here are people who do not give up their trust in God. I will mention that in Hebrews, He often talks about don't give up. Don't give up. Just do not give up. God is building us even though things that we think are horrible can actually be for our good. Isn't there a Scripture kind of like that in Romans chapter 8, verse 28? We know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God and who are called according to His purpose. And that Scripture never says, and you understand this, it doesn't say everything is good. That shoulder accident wasn't good, but it was good for something. I'm still trying to figure it out. Same with you. Your troubles are good for something. You may still be trying to figure it out, but trust that God is wise and God loves you even regardless of all those things you're going through. God did not take away the trials of Jesus even though He had loud cries and tears to the one able to save Him. God says He still learned obedience through the things which He suffered. If Jesus had to go through it, why won't we? It's for the benefit of ourself and also for the benefit of others, especially for Jesus. Trials and a crown, the last kind of thing I want to mention. In James chapter 1, verse 12, Blessed is the man who perseveres under trial. For once he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. That word blessed is the same word that's used in what we call the Beatitudes in Matthew, you know, blessed are the poor in spirit and all that kind of stuff. It doesn't mean happy, happy. It means a a true joy within your heart when you love God and you're serving Him. The happiness of the world comes from maybe, we may think about a carefree life. How many of you wish you had a carefree life? All right, five of us. We wish we had a carefree... No worries. Everything's great. Always, you know, uh, chicken fried steak on the plate. Always, you know, whatever you want. Always the best car. Always everything's smooth. Your work goes smooth. Your family's perfect. You are the envy of everybody else because your kids always obey. Everything's perfect. And then you're happy. This joy that God talks about is different. It is true joy you are blessed truly inside your heart when you persevere under the trial because you will be approved through that, he's saying. And you will receive the crown of life which the Lord has promised to you if you love the Lord. You see, James is equating, listen to this, James is equating successful journey through life Dealing with trials with joy equal to loving God. For those who love God, we will stick with it. We will still believe that He's in there with us no matter what those trials are. If you give up on God, how can you say you love Him? And if you give up and you say, God, you're killing me with this stuff. I can't take it anymore. I'm just leaving you. Well, you think it's going to get any better. And then you forfeit the crown of life. This crown of life, by the way, is really not like uh, we might think of a royalty, you know, kings with their crowns and their robes and all their splendor and their easy way of living, everything's good. That's not what he's talking about. He's talking about the victor's crown of an athlete. When we make it to heaven, we have earned it, but we haven't earned it. It's still by grace, but we have proven it. We have been approved by our faithfulness. We've been approved by our joy through our trials. Because we love God, we keep on. Because we believe that God's got some good purpose in this, we fight through it. I don't know. I've got a lot to improve on in this situation. How about you? Do we greatly rejoice? The scripture that was read earlier is interesting. It's my last scripture of the night, and so I'll read it again. Thanks, Justin, for reading it. But turn back to First Peter chapter six, through First uh, Peter chapter one, verses six through nine. Excuse me. And I'm going to read that in a minute. But I want to mention again Paul. You know, Paul is the guy who said rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. In 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 8, he says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the course. I have kept the faith. In the future there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have loved His appearing. There again, we see love of God with keeping the faith, finishing the course, fighting the fight. You see, Paul often used language like we would use in the uh, athletic department, you know, in, in athletics. I think he liked athletics and he used those terms. But he's saying that life is a fight. But it's a good fight. And we can be like Paul and we can finish the course with a faith that is shown even in the trials of our lives, whatever they may be. And I would suggest, and I almost guarantee, I'm not God, but I would imagine that all of us have a few more of those coming. So how are we going to deal with it? Is the world going to see that we have joy I'm not saying you're laughing and just hooting it up when you're in that car accident. But through that accident, you're praying to God and you just pray, may God's glory be seen somehow through me in my trials. And God will award you on that day, that wreath the Victor's wreath because you've proven yourself to be faithful just like those people did that were mentioned in Hebrews chapter eleven. Okay, First Peter chapter one six through nine. We we'll read it one more time. I'm going to start with uh, verse three. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his great mercy has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to obtain an inheritance which is imperishable and undefiled and will not fade away, reserved in heaven for you who are protected by the power of God through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you greatly rejoice, even though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been distressed by various trials, so that the proof of your faith, being more precious than gold, which is perishable, even though tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of of Jesus Christ. And though you have not seen Him, you love Him. And though you do not see Him now, but believe in Him, you greatly rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory, obtaining as the outcome of your faith the salvation of your souls. One thing I want to mention before I finish. Peter says, the proof of our faith in our trials that part is more precious than gold. You ever thought about that? When we are going through our trials and we're giving God the honor and glory and we trust Him and we have joy in our hearts, that is more precious than gold that we seek on a daily basis. What it sounds like to me. The proof of your faith being more precious than gold even though tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. That's that's a thought bigger than I can say. I don't even know how that works. But when Jesus comes again, He is going to give us honor and glory for what we've been through for His name's sake. That's awesome. Brothers and sisters, we need to rejoice in the Lord even in tough times. Even in our trials and through our trials. We need to pray about it. We need to trust Him and sing songs of joy. And the Spirit will help us have joy in our hearts if we let Him live within us. God loves us and He means for us to make it home. And if there's anybody here this evening that knows they're not on the right track, we ask you to make some changes. We invite you to come to Jesus. He invites you to take His yoke on you and, and learn from Him. He invites us to be disciples of His. He invites us and pleads with us to be saved, to be baptized for forgiveness of sins, that we can walk a new life. A life of joy and trust until the end. If there's anybody that needs prayer, we pray you would come forward and let us know. Let's stand together and sing.